Hi, this is Dove, and welcome back to the Dovecast. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a special uh, podcast here. Uh, this is an interview with uh, Wicked Dave uh, in England. Uh, Wicked Dave and Clover, if you've ever seen her stuff, which, which is a great model. Uh, and this is uh, very specifically about... Um, Dave is auctioning off a really, really, really awesome print. A very, very limited edition print. It's uh, one of only ten. And this one specifically is being... Uh, this version is being... Uh, auctioned off at ShibariCon. If you're going to ShibariCon, you're going to have a great opportunity to put some money down on it. And it's uh, an absolutely awesome, awesome uh, Japanese bondage print. Uh, High-end, you know, high-end paper, high-end printing, the whole works. It's, you know, a classic kind of of thing. And it's being done to uh, benefit the uh, Japan Tsunami Relief uh, Charity Fund. Uh, the um, all funds are going to be delivered, uh, raised, uh, will be directly uh, delivered to the Japanese embassy in London. And you know, folks, you know, if you're you're in rope and if you're going to ShibariCon, you know, it's you know, this is the these are the people in the culture that brought us, you know, one of our favorite styles of uh, bondage. And you know, it's you know, it's that time to kind of give back. And you know, the best way to do it is. Put your money where your mouth is and, you know, put some money down on this print. It's, um, you know, really, really fantastic print. If you want to take a look at it, you can see a copy of it up at uh, Wicked Dave's website, uh, ropetopia.com. Love that name. It's uh, R-O-P-E dash T-O-P-I-A dot com. And you can find a link to the image and a nice little write-up uh, by Dave on it. And... You know, it's not about the print, really. I mean, it's not about, um, you know, wow, I get a nice piece of artwork. It's about, you know, a good reason to give, you know, donation to, you know, worthwhile cause and to, you know, uh, people in a country that really, really, really do need it. So uh, if you're uh, going to ShibariCon, you've got an opportunity to bid on this. If you're on a day pass to ShibariCon, you have an opportunity to bid on it. And hey, you know, if you happen to know somebody who's going to ShibariCon and uh, they're in a, on a day pass or a, uh, a uh, regular, uh, regular registration, hey, make them your proxy. Tell them what you want to bid on it so you can get that print too and, you know, they can get the money up for it. It'd be really nice to get, you know, big money for it. In any case, uh, let me move this right over to uh, Dave and uh, start the uh, the podcast right now. And we are recording. And this is uh, the Dovecast, and I'm chatting with England at uh, ridiculous times for both of us. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, his... Uh, his uh, relief effort that he's doing for his tsunami relief and uh, just, you know, some quick stuff about uh, uh, Chibarikon, Japanese bondage, our, our love for insane rope and other fun stuff. So uh, hi, hi, Dave. And I, I, I don't know if Clover's there or not. So hi, Clover. I had a lot of fun with her in New York when she was uh, traveling through and <laughs> fun things with belts in a bathroom, you know. Yeah, she's just throwing the other room now, but yeah. Okay, well. So, uh, hi, Dave, and, hi, and welcome to welcome to my side of the Atlantic. And uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, in the oddest way. Uh, this is also my first. By the way, this is my first uh, um, 
Skype cast thingy. So, you know, bear with us if things explode. Sure. And international dovecast. There and internet. Yeah, you are my first international guest, actually. Woohoo! Okay. Yeah. So, um, I actually want to kind of start off with things because it, it kind of the important part. We've got uh, um, only a few more weeks before ShibariCon. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there this year. I'm, uh, you know, on a hiatus from it at the moment, which is not so bad because I've been here. For, I've been doing the event for uh, like seven years. <laughs> Some, sometimes you want a break and you just come back to things fresh and it's just all that much better for it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's, um, I mean, I helped start the thing with, uh, Mortis, uh, Tim back when, you know, there was no such thing and yeah. all the big events. I mean, actually I love looking at your stuff online, you know, you and S and M because without Shibari Khan, I don't think it really would have eventually happened in some ways. You know, it's like, uh, I mean, I don't know how what effect Shibari, you know, I won't say ShibariCon specifically has had the effect uh, there, but the concept of rope events seems yeah. to be really spreading out from it, and it's one of the really really fun things. But yeah. I'm going to ask you about it because you know, hey, you're you're you know your your territory, and I actually really don't know it very well. But yeah. we're so we're going to be talking about the tsunami relief, which is really really important. You know, as everyone knows, Japan had uh, uh, a major catastrophe, you know, yeah. of anime proportions, as I've, I've sadly joked and um please tell us about it well um i mean obviously i think everybody was uh, shocked when they saw what was happening out there and um for us obviously we have friends out there um after the disaster struck we had a few days where we just couldn't get in touch with people which was very very worrying uh, and also one of the models we'd worked with had family out there. She, she was born there, she was raised there, went to school there. And uh, she lives in Europe now, so we've been lucky enough to work with her. But um, we could, uh, you know, the kind of worry that she had not being able to uh, contact her family in Tokyo and so forth. And um, we've been lucky enough to be involved with some charity efforts over here. We've auctioned rope so on and so forth and um, we have a very good friend Murakawa in uh, London who um, organized some charity stuff that we were involved in mm-hmm. and um, can you can you by the way can you mention the, the model's name or is that uh, me yes her name's me oh okay uh, yeah and uh, she's written a very nice uh, note to go along uh, with this print that we're auctioning which I'll give you it's a fine art print and it's uh, 24 inches by 34 inches Nice. So it's really big, and it's a beautiful print. It's number one of ten of only ten that will ever be printed of this. Uh, and because it's her, and um, because of the time at which we made it, and you know, because of all the things um, coming together, we felt that this would be a really, really appropriate one to auction uh, for the benefit of uh, the relief of people yeah. there. It's awesome. It's uh, and remember, folks, this is limited edition. Own it. You will never have another one. This is not going. You know, this is not a cheap knockoff. It is not something that's that's uh, just going to. You know, you're going to find somebody else's wall while you're in bed with them. This is something you will never see again, except for ten prints. So get one now. Be be you know, put in the money. Don't worry about the price. This is this is for for charity. Um, bid high. Um, yes, make it hurt. And, but it's good, hurting for a good cause and all that. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, real, the best quality. Uh, our printer is contributing the printing for free. 
and uh, basically this kind of print will last 150 to 200 years. So you now, can pass for, this one down. Just for the printing alone, folks. For the printing alone. Forget the artist. For the printing alone. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Forget, forget that, you know, messing around with the string. <laughs> forget about even getting the, t the tones right. For the printing alone, this, this print is worth the money. And irrespective, it's not even a fact of how much it's worth. It's, it's, it's you know, to raise money for, you know, people who really, really do need, need, yeah. need the money and need the, need the help. Um, uh, Murphy uh, finally sent his uh, his uh, list of uh, things I must ask Murphy. Uh, things I <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> things I must ask Dave. In the wrong guy, if you want to ask Murphy. Oh, I ask Murphy so many things, and he tells me to shut up. Um, <laughs> uh, he wanted me to actually uh, poke you about uh, your connection with uh, Osada. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell you tell get him to tell their meeting story. Yeah. Okay. I think he's out to embarrass you here. So there's something about you and a large tub of of, of Malamars or something. Anyway, go on. To the to the. No, uh... no, 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 no. That, he's making that shit up. That's guacamole. Okay, guac. Oh, hey, guacamole, man. I go with the guacamole big time. Um, I don't think it's uh, it's not really a, a funny story that um, I'd really gotten into the Japanese rope work. And I had an opportunity to have uh, a few hours with Steve and to learn. And there was going to be a small session of uh, people who wanted to go and learn. Um, and I was see seeing a girl who lived in Wales, which is like a four-hour drive, three and a half, four-hour drive away. Okay. So I drove sort of three hours, three and a half hours to get her. Then I drove another three hours in to uh, see Steve. Then we did the session, then we drove three hours back. I dropped her off and drove another three and a half hours home. <laughs> it, so th there were like something like 13 hours of driving just getting there and home. Wow. Uh, but it was completely worth it. Uh, I think the thing uh, Murphy wants um, me to talk about is that I was sitting there really, really nervous. I tried to just clear my head of everything I thought I knew completely completely just absorb what the guy had got to teach mm -hmm. and not to have any preconceptions not to argue just to try and soak up everything I possibly could so I was feeling kind of nervous and I'm sitting there with uh, a girl with me and I look across the room and there's Steve just sitting in a sitting in a chair across the room and um, I'm feeling kind of nervous and then just our eyes meet across the room. And I know it sounds really romantic, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll start humming. Da, 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 da. Serious expressions on our face, and we just look at each other and hold each other's uh, gaze, and then suddenly both of us just these huge, shit-eating grins spread across <laughs> both of our faces. And I think, yeah, we're going to, you know... And it was just a, a, a strange, connected moment. Mm -hmm. And it was just really, really really cool and um, you know he said really nice things during the class he um, said really nice things after the class and wanted me to keep in touch and tell him about my own website which I didn't have at the time so I had to go and make one because he felt I should have one and um, he has been just tremendous um, an amazingly amazingly generous spirited guy um, who was you know, I, I've got to call him my mentor, sensei, teacher, um, because he's just been 
tremendous, you know. Uh, there's, I can't think of anyone else who I could turn to over a lot of things uh, when you're developing, and it's great to have someone there. And uh, he said such uh, amazing things. It's just unbelievable. That's awesome. You, you couldn't have a better a better person to go to in that sense. Yeah, it, it. I love the story. Actually, it reminds me very much of. Um, I mean, one of the things I love about the rope community in general is, you know, you, you look at things like FetLife and online, and people always, you know, the problem with writing things online, uh, notes to people, you know, email lists and stuff is you don't, you have a fifty fifty chance of actually knowing what the other person actually means. You know, are they yelling? Are they actually talking to you? And in person in general, uh, the rope scene, I've always found uh, everyone's willing to, you know, share, you know, and it's, it's, it's something funny that I remember when we did the, uh, the first Shibari Khan we did, um, remember it was, that was the first time like you had any, any of the, like the American teachers of any sort together, you know, people who, you know, had an interest. And the hilarious part was everyone was like so mellow about it because like everyone's expecting you know everyone else to be the diva, <laughs> you know, and everyone's yeah. like, no, dude, I love your stuff. You know, what do you mean my stuff? Shit, man, I read it from a book. You're you you know what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in, instant yeah. fanboy thing. So uh, I love when I hear that. You know, it's like yeah, and then we had this instant connection thing. It's like yeah. yeah, which is always awesome and stuff. Yeah, I actually, I, what's funny is I actually, um, I, I'd love to actually meet Assad. I've, I've never had a chance to um i've sort of bantered with him back and forth on uh, uh was it adult ropes uh, adult art ropes uh, group uh, a number of years ago and what's funny is the name of my website actually came from uh a discussion we were having about uh what was it um uh do you wash or do you uh, boil your rope and this was, I, I don't, I, were, you, were you on ARA back then? You know, early, yeah. early days of it? No. no, I don't think so. Not in the early days. Okay. Um, there was a point where, you know, language, English language, has, we, we have a tendency to grab what other people say. So people were grabbing the, the term Nawashi and like everyone was tacking it onto the back of their name. I am Nawashi, blah, 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 etc. <laughs> and I'm, I, I've got a background with language from... Uh, understanding what language is, how language works, uh, background from anime. I used to be big in anime in New York. Uh, uh, so dealt with Japan. I, you know, it's like, I don't speak Japanese. I wish I did. But I know, you know, there's a difference between, you know, being a, 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 a you know, a Japanese fanboy and, you know, actually being, you know, understanding what's going on. Uh, not, not Japanese fanboy. What's the word? A, uh, uh, like... Uh, when you're when you're heavily into England, a uh, Anglophile, so a Japanophile. Okay, and we'll wait for the uh, for fire to go by a second. Oh. Okay, sorry. I was like, that sounds coming through really well because I thought that was here. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, this is a really good mic. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, to you know, you get that Japanophile thing where people have a tendency to like you know they'll tell you what the Japanese think kind of thing. I think you've got to be really, really, really careful with that stuff. Oh, I, I'm... My Japanese is just not up to it. And um, I just kind of have a pet hate thing about people <laughs> who give themselves titles. Absolutely. I it did... really grinds at me. Uh, I'm, I'm so there with you. And, and this, is, this is where this, this thing came out of, because we are going through the boiling and, and uh, was it uh, boiling and washing? And I, I've done a lot of processing rope. I'm actually writing up a thing on sort of trying to do a definitive how to process your rope thing. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, everyone, okay, okay. Uh, nomenclature, hemp rope, 
hemp is hemp. Uh, hemp rope is, you know, as in from the hemp plant is hemp. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, jute is hemp, mm, even though it's jute. It's a bast fiber rope. Right. And All bast. Hemp just means bast fiber. So Exactly. So everyone's getting the information of how you do your rope. So we're trying to follow, you know, we think that hemp hemp is the jute. Mm-hmm. So everyone's getting hemp. We're, we're, uh, trying to follow the, the description of, you know, you do all this, you know, the stuff and then boil it. And I'm like, the boiling doesn't make any sense. Cause it does, you know, there's, there's nothing in the rope, uh, yeah. unless you're getting, I think it's what sisal or whatever. It's the one you use for, for lifting, uh, uh, you know, doing outside window washing, you know, lifting the, uh, the frameworks to, you know, that yeah. stuff. And that's got like a creosote oil stuff in it. So there's no reason to wash it. So I, I did experiments boiling and I found, I found that basically just throw it in your washing machine, you know, you're done. It, it's cool. So I wrote a thing about, you know, there are, there are no monks under Mount Fuji with the answer. And uh, yeah. I said that since I'm, uh, and this was a joke on the guys who are all going, you know, I'm no washi, whatever. I said, so since I, uh, I wash my rope, does this make me a washi? No washi. <laughs> and I use W-A-S-H-I, which is paper. So it's a double, it's a double language pun score. And Osada jumps on the list going, that's great. I dub the washi no washi. So on top of which, since in Japan you only get a name if somebody else gives it to you, yes. I'm the only idiot on the list who actually got a name from somebody in Japan, <laughs> even if I came up with a name. So it's, it's yeah. a total joke. And I've had people go like, what are you, an asshole? I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm a satirist. That's fair enough. <laughs> anyway. But uh, so let's see what else. Um, what is Sada Steve? Yeah. Tongue's gone. What is Osada's uh, opinion of the photo? Uh, a, his opinion of this photo is hot. <laughs> okay, that I will say that is a. That's all we need to go there. That's it's hot. Yeah. Yes, it's hot, folks. And uh, when is when is when is the uh, the auction? When is the Shavarikan auction going to happen? Great Answers Cabaret, I think. Yeah, Great Answers Cabaret, and we'll be performing there. And uh, yeah, that should be cool. Okay, this is the, if you're not going to be there, send people. You know, tell people you like to, to give them money so they can be your proxies. Yeah, um, it's going to be a silent auction, so uh, you know you don't have to sit there um, with little cards holding them up or anything. I think if I remember, Shabarikon does uh, day passes, so if you're in Chicago, <laughs> drop by and uh, sign up for the auction. Um, uh, what are your classes going to be? Um, I've got a couple of classes. One is called Tension which is the first one, I think a lot of people um, try and move ahead and do really, really complicated ties. And they're kind of over-obsessed with cutters. They're over-obsessed with the way it looks. Mm-hmm. And the a thing that I really think will help is to be able to control the tension of the rope effectively. And it helps in so many ways. It helps you to get your ties right. It helps you give you a strong foundation to your ties. It helps you with... Uh, being connected up to the model or your partner and you know I think good control of tension and good control of the rope really cool for um, helping especially when people are beginning because so many people learn out of books and I'm one of the reasons why I've never done anything like an instructional book and I don't do so many um, instructional things for the internet is that I find that books fail in so many ways to get over things that I consider to be important about tying and that I want to get over to people about tying. So 
um, you know, especially for people who haven't had uh, lessons with anybody really good, haven't been able to have somebody close to them and have been, you know, they've had no option, it was books or nothing, especially, mm -hmm. um, can really, really benefit from this. But that I, I always tell people, you know, if you have the book, you know, the book is great, but you actually have to see what goes wrong when you when you do the things. I, I've um, I've got an idea for class, although unfortunately it actually sort of sounds like your tension class uh, about um, how um, external forces deform your your harnesses. You know, because when you do a decote, you know, any, any chest harnesses of any sort or even hip harnesses, the moment you you add an external, you know directional uh you know hanging somebody or whatever pull on it you utterly deform uh what that harness does and a lot of people i see a lot of people when they do suspensions they they assume that their you know harness is going to stay in the same shape yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know everything just stretches out and you know compresses and it you know the energy just totally changes on the person yeah. i mean the thing is you you need to understand your bondage mm-hmm yeah. You need to understand what's going to happen to it in tension. And, you know, I mean, one of the reasons that there are uh, so many variations because you put a variation on because you are going to suspend somebody and move them into this position. Right. So the pressure will not be there, but it will be here later. Mm -hmm. and therefore, we need this to stop this happening. <laughs> and um, people, I think one of the worst things is people look at um, bondage stressful bondage and especially suspension is a static thing yes exactly and it's not it's a process mm -hmm. and you have to say i'm going to move from here to here and it's about changing forces rather than just you know uh unless unless people like set the thing up on the ground and then just lift it up on a pulley or something but um you know you probably tell that isn't the kind of work that really appeals to me <laughs> I understand that way too well. Yeah, it it, it is it is a. Uh, I always think that um, that point of it, you know, getting to understand that point is sort of a weird kind of um, two or three, where you really, um, you know, you have to you have to work with the person, and you know, if you're teaching them, you know, on a hands on, you, you're never really going to be able to get it across in 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 a book at all. And it's sad, actually. I've, I've always, I, I also throw whips. I'm a big uh, uh, whip thrower. And somebody actually called me recently the um, uh, uh, the meta woo because I don't do woo stuff. I'm not really into the whole, you know, you know, spirituality thing. But when I talk uh, whips, I talk physics, you know, because you're throwing the energy away from yourself. If you pull back the energy, it hits you in the face, you know. Uh, how the centripetal force works uh, as you're using, you know, the whip, making the whip go around your body and stuff. And um, uh, there's a point where I can show you, I can show you the mechanics of here's how you just learn how to start whip. But when you go to a certain point, mm. you know, how you're shifting your body. If your mass is, you know, a centimeter this way, you're going to hit there. If it's a centimeter here, you know, it starts getting to a point where, you know, I can't just tell it to you. I have to sort of stand there, watch you do it, and then poke you in the arm and make you... you got to feel it. You yeah, know. you have to feel Big it. Big bull whip. It goes back. you got to feel that moment. Yes. You can't just say, it's here, now I do this, because you'll just pull against it and mm -hmm. uh, wrap the thing around yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even more so with um, short whips, because you're... Yeah. Um, they move even faster. So you have the, the sin of, of the fact that you can uh, muscle the whip because you have this very small mast item. I mean, I throw long whips too. I have, I have two eight-foot uh, black snakes. And black snakes don't have a handle, so they're all physics. You don't have the moment arm. Yeah. 
So you, you, it's all your body, you know, how your body English works and, and stuff like that. And, um, if I throw the long whips, you know, you fuck up, you're off by, you know, a, a fraction, it takes your head off, you know, <laughs> a short whip. Yeah, whatever. You know, it, it's, it's not going to do you that any real kind of harm. So people tend to muscle those suckers, you know, as you know, very easily. And it's trying to get people to pull in the energy, just slow it down it's a kinetic yeah, device you're doing it wrong i've got a beautiful five foot uh victor teller Ooh, nice single tail nice nice and i like that because it's so small and i can take it anywhere and i can use it in mm -hmm. reasonably enclosed spaces where you know you just couldn't use a bull whip mm -hmm. uh, yeah which is why i just i don't have one because i'd never use it <laughs> um, no i mean no no i'm not laughing i mean I'm, that's that's the biggest i have two eight footers and i only practice on my roof where i go to central park Mm -hmm. which is, is kind of humorous, actually, because um, people go like, oh, my God, you throw a whip in Manhattan? Isn't that, you know, don't the cops stop you? And I'm like, as long as I'm not, I'm not, like, assaulting somebody with it, it's totally legal. The cops love it, actually. <laughs> you know, I'm usually the entertainment on their on their uh, their, their tour. Mm -hmm. But uh, actually, let me ask you a couple of, I want to ask you a couple of questions about England. Because, um, like, sure. I, um, you know, I, I, I've got friends there. I know that the scene's really kind of taken off in terms of rope and stuff, but I also don't know anything about it other than I have friends there. And, you know, uh, a friend of mine, in fact, CC, if you're listening, hi, I'm sorry, I'm not going to see you this year if, if I do see you or not. Um, a friend of mine, she she came to like the first couple of years of Shabari Khan and mm. uh, she's out in Cambridge. But, uh, uh, you know, tell me, tell me what, where, how the rope, uh, scene is is kind of opening up or blossoming or, or expanding in 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 yield England. Um, well, there's a couple of things. Uh, peer rope in London's really taken off. Uh, there's been a new peer rope in Sheffield. There's just been one of those so far. Um, around the Sheffield Leeds area, uh, people seem to be getting a lot more interested. Hmm. And uh, there's been quite a few new people down London. I mean. The rope scene here isn't really very big, and there are possibly one of one of the problems is there aren't that many people who are good enough to really teach, mm. uh, to get like a base of people who really really know what they're doing. Okay, and um, so I mean, and it's hard to say. I mean, I've seen more people come in recently, and a lot of enthusiasm. Um, but you know what it's like, you know, um, some people will stick with it and get really, really good. And some people will go mm, and walk away again. Yeah. And it just remains to be seen. Um, there are people who have just been around since ever you've known and they are like omnipresent and then there's new people <laughs> seem to come and go. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, you know, want to see how, how it goes. I hope it's going to, um, pick up more because it deserves to. Uh, yeah. There's uh, not been a huge history of great rope work in Britain at all, really, um, from a bondage point of view. And uh, you know, you get get people um, a lot of the time saying, "Oh, it's really slow and it takes forever," and, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And th and they just really don't want to learn the skills mm -hmm. because they feel like they can throw a flogger or use a cane without really having to learn anything. Yeah, yeah. And that's easy and anybody can put on cuffs and, you the know. immediate gratification. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, you know, some people get into it and mm -hmm. that's cool. And, um, you know, I really, really do hope that this trend continues and that we get more and more of a scene here. 
You'd say it's pretty. It's pretty early then. It's. I mean, I'd say it's pretty early. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm listening to everything I've seen. You know, in the U.S. scene, uh, New York, etc. Um, I mean, when I got into the scene back in, I mean, <laughs> show my age. Uh, got in in the public scene in '93, and back then, if you tied rope, the attitude was, "Oh, you're really not a sadist, are you?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, uh, all right, whatever. And and actually, uh, it was funny as uh, Lokai tells a funny story when he does his breast bondage class that the first rope class he took was a breast bondage class I was doing with uh, another friend at Tess at the time. But yeah, yeah I feel old, really old now. But um, you know, that exactly the complaint you're having of you know people, you know. You finding the people who actually have the interest. It's it's taken a really really long time for that to happen yeah. uh, here, and I'm I'm happy it's happening. I'm happy it's happening there because it's. I, I tell people it's like you know it's not that hard, mm. you know. It just you know once you get past that small learning curve, how can you tie your shoelace? If you can tie your shoelace, you're pretty ready to go. Yeah. I think um, you know you need sort of like a critical mass. Yeah of people where you've got enough people who are good enough to show the next set of people. Yeah. And, um, you know, and they can work together and they're not just like people in isolation because where we are, um, we are pretty much the only people within miles and miles and miles Mm -hmm. who do any rope. There are um, a couple of people very, very recently who have gotten interested um, I mean, the people that I teach, the last couple of people I taught were, you know, traveling from a couple of cities away yeah. uh, to come and get um, some education. And, you know, the local clubs, we are pretty much the only people who go there and never do any rope. Hmm. Things that must change. Yeah, you got to because... Um, People are going to be there, and they're going to be. If people get into it, and they've got nobody around them, they've got nothing but books to work from. Yeah, they don't know um, really which way to work. They've got kind of. See, I think a little part of the standard in Japan is because so many people do good rope, and so many people are going to the clubs who can do good rope. Mm-hmm. That if somebody's there and they haven't got the skills, or they're making a mistake, somebody there are people who know what they're doing around them right. who right. can help them. And I think having enough people even just to observe and to be able to ask questions of, as well as some of the really super good guys that they can go and have intensive lessons with mm-hmm. and really get a lot really quickly, I think just the atmosphere of so much good rope breeds more good rope. Yes. Yeah. And I, you I totally need agree with that. kind of a critical mass of that going, which is why, you know, people uh, like in Copenhagen having the rope dojo, there are a bunch of people who are really, really dedicated to doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having the peer ropes where people can come together um, all helps. It all helps because it gets people together in the same place. And, you know, people, you, you just kind of need to raise that skill level here. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it, that people, it, 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 that's the magic formula, really, is, you know, getting getting enough of an infrastructure. You know, people, you know, the background noise, so to speak, so people just sort of pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've actually been intrigued by Japan from the standpoint that, uh, there, again, this is old ARA stuff, but also just arguments about um, you know, we're, which came first, Japanese bondage, you know, uh, hojujitsu or, or shibari and stuff like that. And I, I've always joked that, 
you're talking about a culture that's a rope culture. I mean, if you go back in Japanese history, this is a, a country that has always dealt with rope, you know, unlike a lot of other countries. You know, they, they have that, uh, um, what was it, there's that twist tie for putting eggs into a little grass basket. And it's how do you tie with a piece of string, basically. Um, you know, the, the Shinto religion has a thing with rope. I mean, it's just, it's a, it is a culture that has always had knots rope as, you know, a day-to-day, you know, structure yeah. to it so it's not so much you know which came first as yes <laughs> you know and unfortunately we you know we live in a culture today that that rope and string is is absent you know you, you go back to pre-steel rope for ships and stuff like that and and plastic wrapping everyone at least knew how to tie up a box everyone knew how to you know you know the concept of cordage was a common common thing and you don't have that anymore you know well. You know, hell, sneakers now come with, with Velcro. <laughs> I can't stand that. I've got to have laces. <laughs> I took away, oh, I have a whole thing I'm about. I'm an old man. I'm an old, old man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm up there. I'm up there. Although it took me 30 years to figure out why my shoelaces kept coming undone and really understanding the concept of muscle memory. Because remember, a, a shoelace knot is um, a double slip double square knot. But what's the okay. first knot you're ever taught? Your shoelace knot. Right? Yeah. So the joke of this is, what's the first knot you forget that you know how to tie because of muscle memory? The shoelace knot. So for years, you're tying people up square knots. You know, they don't get out of it. You know, tie them up with a, uh, 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 what you call it, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. A, uh, uh, tie my shoelaces and my shoelaces keep on getting done until I finally looked at it and realized, I'm, you know, my parents taught me how to do a, a double slip granny. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't think about it, you know. It's, it's... Well, you just do it and do it and do it, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So uh, let me let me throw in some, I, I, I love your website. I've, I haven't actually had a, had a time to really uh, sink into your bondage forum. I've, I've kind of gotten there. I kind of like the fact that it's very old school. You know, it's a forum. It's not like an email list or, or one of the, like a, a fat life thing. Yeah, it's, if you like a bulletin board. Yeah. <laughs> It's old school. It's as simple as I could make it with, I hope, good facilities. Enough good facilities, but I didn't want to make it overcomplicated. I didn't want to make it a sink for advertising. And at that point, um, Skype decided that this part of the uh, this part of the call was uh, going to be over. So um, this is the going to be the end of the. Uh, first portion of the interview with Wicked Dave and please please if you're going to Shabarikon and um, you get a chance to please do bid on the picture remember this is you know money going for charity it's not uh, not going in anyone's pocket in that sense it is definitely going for a good cause and you know let's give back to uh, the people who have given us so much and also just just to give so uh, I'm going to post the rest of the interview over the next couple of days, but this is uh, the first section of it, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, uh, please feel free to contact me. I'm uh, uh, dove at washi-nawashi.com. Uh, just look at the, uh, the um, name of the website, put D-O-V at the beginning with an at, and you get to me. And um, I hope, uh, hope everyone uh, has a good day.